You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. And we return here on a Purple Friday episode with the 2021 NFL Draft now less than two weeks away, officially 13 days away, as today is Friday, April 16th, and the draft, of course, on Thursday, April 29th. That's when the draft starts. It's obviously a three-day thing, so we're going to have plenty of draft content throughout these next couple of weeks here on Locked on Ravens, because it is the big event coming up, and the last real huge event, huge offseason event at least, until next offseason, and of course, The regular season is still pretty important, but all of that being said, the draft is just a time to really get to know some of these younger players because even if the Ravens don't draft some of these guys, right, they're going to be on opposing teams. Some are going to get drafted by AFC North teams. Some are going to get drafted by teams the Ravens will face in the playoffs who aren't AFC North teams. And then some will be guys who are drafted by teams who the Ravens could potentially face in the Super Bowl. So, All these different things to talk about, and the more prospects we know about, I think, the better. So, as we've gotten into all of this throughout the last month or so, more than a month, we've been talking about mock drafts. It's really almost been two months that we've been doing all this, and it's been a blast. So, in the second and third segments, I do want to get into some more mock drafts that we received from Twitter for this week's Mock Draft Monday. I know I probably won't be able to get to all of them, but again, we've just gotten so many, and the theme has been... You know, the closer we've gotten to the draft, the more we've gotten. And I love that. I love that because it means more people are becoming invested in the draft and trying to see, all right, well, I want this guy here and I don't really want this guy on the Ravens, so I'm going to stay away from him. Doing mock draft simulators is great. And even if I don't get to your mock draft on the show here today and I haven't gotten to it this week, I will apologize for that first off, but be sure to continue to Submit your mock drafts to my mock draft Sunday tweets that I put on Twitter and put it under the Locked On Ravens account tweet that I'll quote tweet it with and I'll say comment your mock draft below here and comment it below there and then I'll try to get to it on a show throughout next week. So with the draft being less than two weeks away, getting into mock drafts, I think very, very important. And in the first segment, I do want to give another Justin Houston update. I know that I've been talking about Justin Houston a lot, but no, I will not stop talking about Justin Houston because he is the number one free agent left on my board. So you you might be thinking, why do you keep talking about this guy? He's not even on the Ravens. Well, he should be on the Ravens. So that's why I'm still talking about him. We're going to give an update. He ended up leaving Baltimore without a deal. So we'll talk about what that means and everything about that. So Again, Justin Houston update in the first segment and then getting into mock drafts we received from Twitter in the second and third segment. So with all that being said, we're going to jump right in here. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Be sure to turn notifications on and download our content every day. It comes out Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at striker 34 So with all that being said, let's jump right in here, starting off with a Justin Houston update. And I guess I kind of spoiled it in the intro there, but Justin Houston leaving Baltimore without a deal. Apparently, according to Jeff Zrebeck of The Athletic, it went pretty well, and there seems to be mutual interest. Really, you know, for a visit, the team is getting to know the player, the player is getting to know the team. 
there's not any pressure in any situation to get a deal done, and especially on Baltimore's side right now because of the fact, and we've talked about this all week too, the fact that the Ravens don't want to give Justin Houston or any unrestricted free agent for that matter a contract before May 3rd. I think they're holding very firm on that. Multiple reports have come out about the Ravens' desire to hold on to their compensatory picks. And look, they are the team that has the most compensatory picks ever since that formula started. They have used that formula to be successful, and there are plenty of pros to having those compensatory picks. But if it comes down to either getting Justin Houston or letting Justin Houston go somewhere else, I'm giving up that pick. And the reason I've talked about it before on the show here throughout this week, but I'll say it again kind of in a quicker summary version, is the fact that the Ravens have Lamar Jackson on his rookie contract right now. They also have Orlando Brown Jr. currently who is either going to get traded or he's going to stay on the roster for one more year and then most likely leave. That's a window. That is the definition of a window. And it doesn't mean that the Ravens' window closes completely when they have to pay Lamar Jackson and when Orlando Brown Jr. leaves. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it will get a little bit harder to build a well-rounded roster because Lamar Jackson, huge extension, huge, huge extension. That's going to take some money out of the bank and out of the pockets of Eric DaCosta and company to go out and sign unrestricted free agents to re-sign other free agents, you know, that maybe they want to re-sign. And then With Orlando Brown Jr., great tackle, does not want to play right tackle, wants to play left tackle, totally respect it, but when you have such a quality tackle on your roster, you have Ronnie Stanley on one side, Orlando Brown Jr. on the other side, I think you want to take advantage of that window and say, look, we might be able to draft the next great right tackle, and we might not have a ton of drop-off if we're able to invest in that position with a high draft pick or with a trade or whatever, but right now, the Ravens have a pretty competitive roster, and I think one fourth round draft pick for one to two years of production of Justin Houston, who is 32 right now, but still, you know, 19 sacks in his two years in Indianapolis, his age 30 and 31 seasons. He just turned 32 a couple of months ago, so it's not like he's turning 33 tomorrow or something. He is a youngish 32. I think that that is a great investment, especially because the Ravens lose Matthew Judon, lose Yannick Ngakwe, lose Jihad Ward. They bring back Tyus Bowser and Penel McPhee. That's great. And they also have Jalen Ferguson waiting in the wings. But I don't think any of those guys have the pass rushing prowess that Justin Houston has had throughout his entire career and I think would continue to have in Baltimore. I mean, the guy put up 22 sacks in a season in 2014. That is unbelievable. And he tied his second highest sack total in 2019 with 11. So sure, maybe he's slowing down a little bit. But if he's asking for a role and saying, hey, I kind of want to get this done before the draft. You know, I'm interested in coming to Baltimore. I just need to get it done before the draft. If I'm Eric DaCosta, if I'm the Ravens, I'm saying, all right, you know what? A fourth round pick would be nice. But at the end of the day, I think that Justin Houston's production would far outweigh a fourth-round pick in 2022's production, especially if Justin Houston signs for a two-year deal. If Justin Houston signs a two-year contract with the Ravens, who's giving more production? Assuming Houston isn't, you know, derailed by a crazy injury or something or falls off a cliff, which I don't anticipate, who provides more of an impact? Is it Justin Houston or is it a rookie fourth round, let's call it an edge rusher, rookie fourth round edge rusher compared to Justin Houston? Me personally, my money's on Justin Houston. The proven veteran option can provide some veteran leadership. That's what I would like because it gives the Ravens some nice competitive juice in their pass rushing department. 
And so I think that at the end of the day, the Ravens, if it comes down to it, if Justin Houston said, you know, I can wait till after the draft, that's fine. Then great. You know, the best of both worlds. You get Justin Houston and you get the fourth round pick. But I think there is a drop-off from Justin Houston to Melvin Ingram, and then a severe drop-off from Melvin Ingram to Ryan Kerrigan, who are probably the best edge rushers left on the market right now. Genevieve and Clowney signing with the Cleveland Browns, and Alden Smith signing with the Seattle Seahawks over the course of this week. So the edge market is beginning to dwindle. We're starting to see a bit of a run on some edge players and the edge market heat up. So with the Ravens, who clearly do need some pass rush, and Houston would take this defense to the next level in the form of they have struggled over the past few years, Baltimore's defense has, to consistently get pressure on a quarterback, like consistently throughout the entire game or throughout a couple weeks, right? Consistent play. They've struggled to do that for the past couple of seasons, especially when they're not blitzing. I mean, we've seen games, we've seen stretches of games in the past where the Ravens just cannot get any pressure. Now, the Ravens, their defense, it was a bit of an interesting year. Clayus Campbell missing a bunch of the season. Brandon Williams having to miss a couple games. Derek Wolf missing a game here and there. They were going to rely on a bunch of guys to provide interior pressure. They go out and acquire guys. And they didn't really play as much or weren't really playing in those roles, right? Derek Wolf, phenomenal run defender, only had one sack in 2020. So... I think that with Clays Campbell and Justin Houston, you also have a bunch of other pieces on that defense. It will make the defense so much better. I'm not saying Justin Houston is th this guy who's going to help the Ravens allow no points or, you know, be the best scoring defense of all time or he's going to accumulate 30 sacks in 2021. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there is a quality playmaker still available on the free agent market. Right now, he's left Baltimore without a deal. That's what's happened. That's fine. You know, it's not panic mode. But there are other interested teams, such as the Indianapolis Colts, the team he played for over the last two seasons. So what the Ravens have to figure out, how badly do we want Justin Houston? How badly do we want this pick? The pick can also be used to trade for players, move up, down in the draft. That, that's okay. I understand that too. But I think with the window the Ravens are in right now, before you have to pay Lamar Jackson... I think you try to put the best roster around him, and that's just not with weapons for himself. That's putting a defense out there that can get him the ball back, that can force turnovers, get pressure, force fourth and longs, and I think that would be a role Justin Houston could play, and that's someone who would be a weapon for Lamar Jackson, but just in a different way. You know, he's not going to come out there and rush the football or catch passes from him, but he'll get Lamar Jackson the ball back in multiple situations, and he'll do it multiple ways. So I think that even though Justin Houston did leave Baltimore, the dream is not dead for Houston, but I do think that if it comes down to it, if Justin Houston says, look, I want to sign with you before the draft, but if not, I'm going to go to a team who will sign me before the draft, I'm saying, all right, let's get this thing done. We're going to head into our first break now, and when we return, we're going to be taking a look at some mock drafts that we received from Twitter, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bright light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. 
This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and it's fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for a perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And we return with our second segment of this Purple Friday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still hanging out with you here. And now we're going to get into some mock drafts that we received from Twitter for Mock Draft Monday this week. Starting off with Austin Reno, who has the Ravens taking Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa at pick 27, the linebacker from Notre Dame. Diami Brown, the wide receiver from North Carolina, is a selection at pick 58. He then trades picks 104 and around 6 in 2022 for picks 109 and 147. And at 109, Christian Uphoff, the safety, is the selection. Then at 131, Drake Jackson, the center from Kentucky, is the pick. And at 147, Milton Williams, the defensive lineman from Louisiana Tech, is the selection. Notre Dame tackle Robert Hainsey is the pick at 171. And at 184, Jamar Jean Charles, the cornerback from Appalachian State, is the pick. Patrick Jones the second, the edge from Pittsburgh rounds out this draft here at pick number 210. So overall, I think this is a pretty nice draft. The Ravens addressing some needs and some best player available strategy put in here as well. The Jeremiah Wusukormoa pick is something I would love for the Ravens. I know some people aren't as high on him as others for the Ravens, at least because he doesn't fill that like immediate, immediate position of need like a wide receiver, like an edge, even a safety or an interior defensive lineman. But Awusu Kormoa is so versatile in so many different ways. Very strong guy in coverage. I mean, he's out there on slot receivers. He's not a true Mike linebacker. You're not going to stick him in the middle of your defense and expect great results. But at Notre Dame, he was literally like constantly the best player on the field. So there was a lot of stuff with Awusu Kormoa that I liked. Diami Brown is a nice wide receiver prospect. Not my favorite in the class, but still someone who I think the Ravens could utilize in a lot of different ways. That second round, the... 58 area even a bit before there are going to be some runs on receivers I think on edges as well but for the receivers I think Tommy Brown's in that conversation Amon Ross St. Brown potentially Tylen Wallace a few others as well there could be that run of receivers that Baltimore could get in on getting a safety in the third round I do like and picking up an extra selection in this year's draft is actually interesting and then trading away a pick in next year's draft I think it would honestly be the opposite I've mentioned on this show before how I think the Ravens might have a little bit of trouble keeping all their draft picks on the roster this year. I think they should probably trade away a pick probably this year and then maybe pick up an extra selection next year that they could trade or something of that nature. But the trade itself isn't bad. I'd like the trade of 104 and a 6 in 2022 for 109 and 147. You're essentially moving back five picks and giving up an extra sixth round pick and picking up you know, that pick five picks later at 109 and also getting 147. So overall, a nice draft here from Austin. It gets the Ravens a lot of depth at the end of it too. Maybe a bit too many offensive linemen. I think two is right in the sweet spot. You know, three offensive linemen, I think is way, way too many for this draft. Two is right there, you know, kind of on the fence about it, in my opinion. One, I think is honestly my opinion. I think that's what they should do. Whether it's an interior guy, whether it's a swing tackle, I think that's the direction the Ravens should go. And just get one. You know, there are other positions of need. And with the Ravens already having Ben Bredis and Tyree Phillips, Justin Cologne Castillo, and Patrick McCarvey as really nice depth pieces, I think they really only need one more guy in that role. So overall, a very nice mock draft here from Austin, getting the Ravens nice depth on both offense and defense. Next, we'll take a look at a mock draft from William Honoblu 
who has the Ravens making a blockbuster trade here in the first round, trading pick 27 and around 6 in 2022, and receiving a round 1 in 2022, pick 47, 118, and around 7 in 2022. And then at pick 47, Elijah Moore, the wide receiver, is the pick at 58, Walker Little, the tackle from Stanford, is the selection. Jamar Johnson, the safety from Indiana, is the pick at 104. And at 118, Joshua Kindo, the edge from Florida State, is the pick. Take out the cornerback from UCF is the pick at 131. And at 171, Josh Palmer, the wide receiver from Tennessee, is the pick. Justin Hilliard, the linebacker from Ohio State, is the pick at 184. And finally, at 210, Robert Hainsey, the tackle from Notre Dame, is the selection. So an interesting trade here to start it off here from William. Pretty much... Moving that round one selection in 2021 for a round one selection in 2022 while also picking up an extra second round pick and an extra fourth round pick. So that it's pretty interesting. And not to mention the seventh round pick in 2022 as well that he acquires. This is interesting. I'll say it again. Very interesting here because I think this is a situation where the Ravens have to keep their first round pick if they're not getting enough value back in terms of moving back let's say eight ten spots the Ravens here move back 20 spots that's okay but I think they also might have to make a couple other moves if they were to do this trade now picking up around one in 2022 while only moving back 20 spots and also getting an extra round four and around seven that's pretty great value on paper but in this window for the Ravens I think that maybe if you sacrifice that extra fourth round pick, you sacrifice 118 and you're able to get, let's say 38 or 37 and only move back 10 spots, that's what I like. So maybe round one in 2022 and 37 for 27, that's what I think would be good for this team. Not to say the trade is bad, but in terms of the actual players who are in this draft, Elijah Moore would be a steal at 47. I think he will go before then. Smaller guy, but still, I think he has all the intangibles to be a great receiver at the next level. Doesn't fit necessarily what the Ravens need, but still, talent is talent. Walker Little, a good replacement for Orlando Brown Jr. If Orlando Brown Jr. does stay on the roster, he could learn for another year. Under Brown Jr. and then one Brown Jr. departs, which I think he will. That could be a guy who can overtake that position. Then throughout the rest of this draft, it's really defense. You have a safety, an edge, a corner, a linebacker, also another wide receiver and a tackle. I think the Ravens wouldn't take two tackles in this draft unless they trade Orlando Brown Jr., which in this mock draft, I don't think that's the case. But at the end of the day, I mean, getting a tackle to hopefully be able to replace Orlando Brown Jr. is a good idea. I don't know if I'm necessarily investing a high enough pick in it right now if Orlando Brown Jr. is still on the roster because you don't want to have this like all pro potential guy and stick him on the bench for a year. You could do that, but what I would rather do if Orlando Brown Jr. is still on the roster is keep that guy, the guy that the Ravens would draft, keep that guy in 2022. Just let the guy play another year in college, and then when Orlando Brown Jr. leaves, you can take that guy in the first round, and you can address other needs in this draft. So overall, a nice mock draft here from William. A very interesting trade, but I think if this were the class, the Ravens would still come away happy. 
Finally here, we're going to take a look at a mock draft from Kel, who says the rare Rashad Bateman TDN fall. So at pick 27, he picks Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver. Gregory Rousseau, the edge is the pick at pick 58. Andre Sisco, the safety is the selection at 104. At 131, Walker Little, the offensive tackle is the pick and at 171. Joshi Matterbebe, the wide receiver, is the selection. Miguel Manet, the interior offensive lineman at 184 is the pick. And at 210, Chris Rump, the second, the edge is the pick. So this is a great draft, and, and I think the top four here are phenomenal. Rashad Bateman, Gregory Russo, Andre Sisco, Walker Little. Those four, amazing. Again, I'll say it again. If there is a draft with Rashad Bateman, if the Ravens draft Rashad Bateman in the 2021 draft, that that's an A-plus for me automatically. The, the guy can take this Ravens offense to the next level, make it elite both with the run game and the pass game, which is something the Ravens are trying to do. So Rashad Bateman, great pick at 27. Gregory Rousseau, I could see as a Ravens target at pick 58. Clayus Campbell has raved about Gregory Rousseau. I think if there is a team that can tap into his potential, it is probably the Ravens. And yes, you know, a lot of work to do. Gregory Rousseau has a lot of work to do to get to that next level. But if there's one guy who can get it out of him, I think Clayus Campbell and maybe Justin Houston, potentially, maybe, could be those guys to do it. So I think... For the Ravens, Rousseau could be a target for them at 58. I wouldn't be terribly happy if they took him at 27, but at 58, that would be, I think, a very nice pick. Andre Sisco, injured for the 2020 season, but still a phenomenal, phenomenal prospect. I think he's one of the best safeties in this class. Walker Little, we talked about him just a few minutes ago. I would like his ability to play, I think, once Orlando Brown Jr. left, or if there's an injury, a nice tackle who can fill a lot of different roles, and then... Again, don't really see the Ravens taking another wide receiver. I don't see him taking two. I think it would not be smart of them because they'd have to cut that guy who they take last or move off of someone. If they want to move off of someone, then fine. You know, they can do it. But right now, the way the roster is constructed, I'm not so sure. For an interior offensive lineman after taking a tackle, again, don't really know if this is the move. I mean, the prospects are fine. You know, I have no problem with the prospects. I think Kel had a really nice mock draft here. But in terms of positional needs... I'm not so sure the Ravens are taking two offensive linemen. Two edges, though, without Justin Houston, I can see. So taking Chris Rump the second, I could see at the very end of this draft. So a very nice mock draft here from Kel. A little bit of overlap in the positions, but the prospects themselves are all phenomenal. We're going to head into our final break now. And when we return, we'll be rounding out this week with more mock drafts that we receive from Twitter. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious with six new flavors, including caramel, brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. There are real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online is you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we return here with our final segment of this Purple Friday edition of Locked On Ravens. Your host, Kevin Allstriker, is still talking with you here. 
And we're rounding out this week with more mock drafts from Twitter. So let's round it out here, starting with Cameron C., who trades pick 27 to the Kansas City Chiefs for picks 31 and 94. And at pick 31, he selects Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU. At pick 58, Ronnie Perkins, the edge from Oklahoma, is the selection. Josh Myers, the center from Ohio State, is the pick at 94. At 104, Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame, is the selection. Dante Smith, the tackle from East Carolina, is the pick at 131. At 171, Christian Uphoff, the safety from Illinois State, is the pick. Jonathan Marshall, the defensive lineman from Arkansas, saws the pick at 184 and finally Ernest Jones the linebacker from South Carolina is the pick at 210. So moving back four spots and picking up an extra third round pick not opposed to that at all kind of hurts is going to Kansas City but still getting Terrace Marshall at 31 this is like the exact scenario that I was talking about because I like Terrace Marshall Jr. I think someone is going to pick him before the Ravens, but I would prefer him in the 30s as opposed to the late 20s. Now, if you have to reach for a guy you like and you have to pick him because another team's going to snatch him up and that's your guy, then then fine. I totally get that. That's all right with me, and I'd be fine with the Ravens taking him at 27. But in an ideal world, for me at least, Terrace Marshall Jr. is someone I would pick in the 30s, and it's probably pretty unlikely he's going to be there in the 30s, so... I'd just take him at 27 and call it a day. But to get him at 31, I think that's a nice move from Cameron. And then picking up Ronnie Perkins, who I think is a severely underrated edge rusher. Not my favorite in the class, but still has the potential to be a very, very high impact player at the next level. Josh Meyer is a nice center prospect, but I wouldn't take a tackle if I'm already taking a center. Because again, the stuff I've mentioned with, you know, the Ravens having a lot of young offensive linemen already on the roster, I think that... They could take one and just be done with it. Two, I'm all right with. You know, I'm not completely opposed to it. Three is just, it's, it's a lot. Three is too many. So, uh, you know, taking a center and a tackle, I'm all right with it. I, it wouldn't be my first choice. I probably would spend another pick on maybe a backup slot cornerback or another edge in this situation. But, you know, not the end of the world at all. Then getting some nice depth throughout the rest of the draft here with a tight end, a safety, a defensive lineman, a linebacker who can play special teams. So a nice draft here from Cameron because Terrace Marshall Jr., he picks up an extra third round pick and still gets a ton of nice depth. Next, we're going to take a look at a mock draft from Eli who says the Ravens flock would lose it. So Eli takes Zavin Collins, the linebacker, at pick 27. Joseph Osai, the edge, at pick 58. At 104, Tyler Shelvin, the interior defensive lineman, is the pick. Dio Odengbo, the edge, is the pick at 131. At 171, Joshi Matterbebe, the wide receiver, is the selection. Manny Ragumba, the cornerback, is the pick at 184. And finally, at 210, Drew Himmelman, the offensive tackle, is the pick. So yeah, getting Zayvon Collins and Joseph Osai back-to-back, I mean, that's a phenomenal edge duo. Now, what I would prefer is maybe a guy like Justin Houston and Zayvon Collins, and then at 58, you can take someone like a wide receiver earlier than Joshi Matterbebe or something like that, because here, it's pretty much three edges. When you add in, you know, 27, 58, 131, that's pretty much three edge prospects. Now, Zayvon Collins is a little more versatile. He can move all over the field. I think that three edge rushers is a lot. I could really, again, see them only taking one if Houston or another veteran does sign with the Ravens. So, you know, I think these picks could be spent in other situations, other scenarios where maybe a tight end is selected or maybe a safety is selected. But the players, I love the player selections because Zayvon Collins, Tyus Bowser's skill set moves all over the field. Very good in a lot of different areas. Joseph Osai, 
more of a developmental piece, but still a very good prospect. And then Tyler Shelvin, a nice interior defensive lineman prospect. A lot of defensive line depth here. Front seven depth, followed by wide receiver, cornerback, and offensive tackle. So three edge players, I think, is a bit too much. I know Zayvon Collins isn't particularly just an edge player, but still... I think those picks could be spent on other positions, at least one of them, maybe two. But the prospects that Eli's able to get here are really, really good. Finally here, we'll take a look at a mock draft from L. Jeffrey, who says, No way Tryon drops this low, but best mock draft for need of the team. So a pick 27, Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver, is the selection. At 58, Joe Tryon, the edge, is the pick. Ben Cleveland, the interior offensive lineman, is the pick at 104. And at 131, Dalen Hayes, the edge, is the pick. Brendan James, the offensive tackle, is the pick at 171. And at 184, Shakur Brown, the cornerback, is the pick. And finally at 210, Malcolm Kuntz, the edge, is the pick. Man, a lot of three-edge mock drafts here. <laughs> the, the prospects are good. I like Joe Tryon. I like Hayes. I like Malcolm Kuntz. But I, I still think three-edge guys is a lot. I don't think they would keep six on the roster. And I think they're going to add a veteran. So that would add this up to seven with a veteran. So again, maybe a safety gets taken instead of Dalen Hayes. Or maybe another tight end the Ravens could add to the fray gets taken at 210. Like maybe Trey McKitty if he falls. Terrace Marshall Jr. at 27, great pick. Joe Tryon at 58, great pick. Ben Cleveland 104, great pick. Those top three, I'm loving those top three. Brendan James, I'm very high on as well, the offensive tackle. Again, in that two offensive lineman range, which I think is right at the edge of not being all right, but I think it, it'll be fine. I think the Ravens can make it work. Three is too many for there. A lot of, you know, three is too many at these positions. If you're drafting three of the same position in one NFL draft, it's going to be difficult, especially when also factoring in outside free agents and veteran guys, even undrafted free agents, right? That can all play a factor in this. So I would rather have the Ravens spend more picks at more positions. I wouldn't have them necessarily focus in and spend three, four picks on one position. You know, round out the roster with some more depth. The prospects that Al Jeffrey takes here are really good. Terrence Marshall Jr., Joe Tryon, and Cleveland, as I mentioned, but I do think adding some more variety to the positions would help the depth of the team all around. So overall, a nice mock draft here from L. Jeffrey to round out the week. And again, if your mock draft was not read out here again, I apologize, first of all. But second of all, be sure to continue submitting to our mock draft Sunday tweet. Put it under the quote tweet that I put out on the Locked on Ravens account. And I read all of them. I do, and I really appreciate all of them again. And as we get closer and closer to this draft and round out the Mock Draft Mondays, round out the Mock Draft Sundays, I do want to say that I appreciate everybody who has submitted and continues to submit Mock Drafts. But that's all that I have for you today. When we get back here on Monday after our two-day break, we're going to be taking a look at another Mock Draft Monday. So stay tuned for that, and I will see you on Monday.